Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am Justin Lamb, and this episode is really inspirational. Uh, I was very excited that I got to sit down with this girl. This is Stacy Geisel. Uh, this woman is that is that offensive to say girl? I don't know. These are things that I'm learning. Um, but I, I did. I got to sit down with Stacy. I've known her for, geez, uh, over ten years now. I think I was at their wedding and to her husband, and she talks a lot about that and. Uh, Stacy changed how she started uh, posting stuff on Facebook and was displaying a lot more vulnerabilities and sharing um, these stories that kind of showed uh, how she overcame a lot of things. And that was super inspiring to me. And I reached out to her back in January because I was really excited about what she was doing. And I was just like, hey, it's very inspirational what you're writing. Thank you for doing that. And then when uh, this podcast came along, I was even more excited to get her on here and uh, talk with her. So enjoy this. Uh, you can follow her a bunch of places. Uh, you can check her out on Facebook, uh, Stacy Geisel, G-I-S-S-A-L. Her nutritionist stuff she does, I believe, is sgn.com. I believe we talked about that towards the end there. Um, and you can also see on her Facebook page um, what she does for kids with special needs, or uh, really anyone with special needs, adults, kids, um, getting them into gyms and, and doing some fitness programs for people with special needs. It's really awesome. I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed talking to her. Uh, we talked for way too long and I had to cut some stuff out, but nothing that you guys are going to miss. Just me trying to figure out where her mom worked in comparison to where a buddy of mine used to work. So enjoy. This is Stacy Geisel. Let's oh, get it. Let's go stuff. deep. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna avoid all. That's what she said. <laughs> you don't have to. She made like, it so easy. I um, know. But yeah, I met you when I. I think you were already at Best Buy when I started there. Yeah, I think so. I started right. in June 13th, 2008. I remember the day. Wow, you remember the date? Yeah, I think I, I started that previous dates. October or November because okay. I was like holiday. So you were still fresh. Yeah, it was holiday <laughs> season. Uh, was your sister already there? no you got her the job or mm -hmm. okay yeah so you were there and yeah, i was there in the best buy and it's like a whole I, there's a lot of people like if i go through friends lists on things such a chunk of them like a large chunk are from best buy so many and it's crazy and i guess like i mean it makes sense i was there for eight years almost eight years wow <laughs> so it's like oh that's like almost a third of my life at that point <laughs> right which is crazy it is crazy um, but gosh so many like good good things yeah. though and like good relationships came out yeah. of that so anyways yeah that's good cool. gotta love it yeah so, so that's how drama. we know each other uh yeah. and then going back to your wedding 2009 yeah. i played guitar at your wedding yep um a country song i don't really remember yep that's okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh and I, I mean that showed how much i liked you guys at the time because i hated country music <laughs> <laughs> still not a huge fan but um gosh i love some that, country yeah i know All right. i know that's you guys okay. you guys need <laughs> country music <laughs> and uh and here we are yeah a few years later a few years later <laughs> tell me about mom and dad growing up so, so I know, you grew up in Ortonville, right? I grew up in Ortonville. Were you born there? Did you guys move there? Were you... Yep, I was born there. Okay. Um, we actually lived in the house next door to the house that we lived in 
and that I kind of grew up okay. in. So at the age of three, my parents split the property line down the middle, built a house right next to our old house, and we moved. So and essentially, sold the old house. Yep. So I've always been in Ortonville. You really got to pick your neighbors. I feel like in that <clears throat> scenario, if you're selling the house that you lived in on property that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. No, I do know what you're saying. I wonder how much of the person went into choosing, not just the price. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that would be... Yeah. I don't think my parents are really like that. No, not, <laughs> I think no. that they, like, price probably came above okay. anything. I was thinking from, like, a sentimental oh. aspect. I mean, I also, I'm, I'm making assumptions on the amount of property you're talking. Cause... So, we had five acres, and we split it down the middle, and so each house had two and a half acres oh, so at that point. you didn't necessarily have to see your neighbors at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could still see them, and it is funny to, like, that house was bought and sold so many times, and to see the progression was crazy. By the la- by the time we left, <laughs> there was a family there with, like, 20 kids. I don't know how many. Um, I think they that only... when it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah, like, I think they only had stopped having children because, like, the woman had a heart attack. Oh. Um... That That's is good the reason to stop. most dangerous form of birth control I've ever heard of. <laughs> Why'd you guys well, stop having kids? Oh, heart attack. Right. <laughs> no big deal. So, and there was like chickens in the backyard and there was like, it was getting... It's time, it was, to, time to leave. It was getting wild. <laughs> um, I've had the pleasure of meeting your parents. Yeah. Lovely couple. They're great. Um, how long were they married before they had your sister? So, five years. And then you came along. About your sister, three and a half years later so we're three and a half years apart wow mm-hmm. it seems like you guys are so much closer yeah no. maybe just because you're so much closer yes. as a relationship um, <laughs> now yeah. i think growing up it was not so much that seems to be what they they tell me happens yeah <laughs> um but. okay so what's uh what's the childhood like what did mom and dad do for work so mom and dad are actually both retired now. Uh, my parents retired super early. They were my dad was fifty, and oh, wow. I think my mom was like fifty three. So they're um, now sixty and sixty one, and they've been retired for eight years. Um, there you go. Yeah. What, so, what do they do when you're growing up? So my dad worked for GM. Um, you know, old school GM days. I, I feel like there's things I shouldn't say on, on this. Um, <laughs> GM is going to sue the crap out of Right? No. no, like, just like the stuff they would get away with. Their lunch breaks were anything oh yeah there's bars that were built next to plants simply because that's what you did on your lunch or it's just like yeah that's what they (laughs) did in their truck or whatever it was there's a lot of alcohol involved so much which is crazy (laughs) now it's i mean it's still there i have a friend my former coworker who works uh at chrysler okay in a plant and i hear that same story like they get in trouble obviously now but right there's still a bar by the plant that most of them go to for lunch and some, I wonder how things are going to come back a little. <laughs> right. I wonder how things are going to get now that like marijuana has been legalized. So I think that was like, that was a big one too. Yeah, drinking and smoking and heavy We're... machinery <laughs> are things that good. I feel like. And people wonder why we're buying foreign cars. Not great. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the hate mail is coming in right <laughs> I now. I know. Uh, I, I okay. still drive. So, guys, I buy, I buy American. I still <laughs> I have an American car. I promise. I swear. Um, so, Dad works for GM. GM. Mom worked for Oakland Schools. No, she was not a teacher. So, it's, it's like the question that I always get. Um, 
It's funny because I still joke with her that I don't actually really know what she did. Like she, her and her friend worked and I don't know if it's like, it's like a chicken and the egg situation. If they were friends before they started working together or they worked together and became best friends, but they worked in like the back area of like the main Oakland schools building in Waterford. And there was all these, like, I'm pretty sure she did um, like broadcasting stuff. She just just like back there doing her yeah. thing. She, at, at at times it was like tapes, and she's putting tapes in, taking tapes out at the right time. Like I don't know. I feel like she she did stuff, but I don't know how much she. Pretty really sure did. she did stuff. That's really funny. Yeah. I wonder if. Uh, but I used to love going to work with her because we yeah, would but... like not hang out there. We would like go down the hall and use like the die cut machine, and then like go hang out. There's always like, um, like milk and juice box things like upstairs that they would give to us and we were just running around the place so what did you guys do mom and dad both worked yes uh what what was your like after school situation so my dad usually he well i mean he worked for gm so most of my life he worked nights though okay so he was actually home. home um or he would work second shift and so a lot of times like we would get home um and he might be there or like at if he was working nights he he slept until like 12 1 and then he was there for us um if they weren't there there was a time our, we had a babysitter right next door oh, okay. um, in the house you guys sold not that house okay. the <laughs> other next door and so that'd be the real <clears throat> plan for your parents like we'll build this house we'll move into this one we'll hire the babysitter yeah exactly <laughs> her name was mrs stoats um and good old mrs stoats good old mrs stoats and we would go there which was super fun because we had a bunch of friends like right next door even when we weren't technically being babysat we were able to kind of go next door and play and yeah, yeah so all of that so childhood was good yeah, mom nothing, and dad are good. Mom and dad are good. I mean, yeah. I obviously only know them somewhat on the surface, but they seem fantastic. Yeah, they're they're good people <laughs> um, for sure. And I mean, uh, everything else worked out. High school is normal, good. Yeah, high school is interesting. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say I had like a typical high school situation because I was with. Uh, I dated a guy that was older than me, and he was out of high school pretty much oh, the whole time that I was in high school. A lot older than you. <laughs> yeah, like four years. Oh, okay. Three, four years um, older than me. And that was, I I think I missed out on a lot. Um, I never went to prom. Like, I didn't go yeah. to, I think my freshman year, I went to, like, both homecoming and snowcoming dances and stuff. But after that, I kind of just... I started working and I just spent a lot of time doing that and didn't um, spend a lot of time with my boyfriend and kind of... Were you of... with him all through high school? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which, um, now he's a winner. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that's so, beside the point. Yeah. I mean, what, what was that like? Were you hanging out with like his friends and... We like hang out, hung out with each other. We didn't really, and like that's what's kind of sad. Um, because growing, I I played a lot of sports and stuff up until like freshman year, yeah. and then I think sophomore year I did play basketball, and then I just kind of um stopped. And like I said, I went and I started working, and then I, and that was like kind of what I did. Do you drink in high school? Uh, yeah. Did that? Do you think having the older boyfriend kind of perpetuated that more? No, I actually think I drank more before that. <laughs> okay. When did you start drinking? Oh, oh, gosh. So 
I would say I had my first drink probably pretty young. Um, this is terrible. So my parents used to have every year for my birthday, I was born in August and we would have like these big bonfires. Like I'm talking like end of the summer. Yeah, party. it was yeah. a huge party. I think we just covered it up that it was my birthday. Like that's why we, you know, why we did it. But it was super cool for me. Um, but I'm telling you, like these bonfires are like, I don't know, the size, like as tall as a house. And when they started, we've got flames going up past like the trees. It was crazy. Um, I've seen big fire at your parents' house before. <laughs> yeah, you've, so you've probably yeah. seen it. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, so I would probably say one of those is probably my first time. I don't even, I can't even recall like the last, like my first drink. Is this pre-high school? Yeah, probably like the first time. But then I would say like, I was probably the worst like in my freshman, sophomore year. Okay. That's that I say the worst. Your friends drinking too? Yeah. Were you like, Gosh, were you hanging out with, with older people? Or? Yeah, I would okay. say we were mostly hanging out with older people. Was that your sister's friends or? No. So that's something I think um, I didn't really hang out with my sister or her friends okay. growing up. So it was just more like if I was in, if I was a freshman, probably hanging out with more like the juniors and seniors. Okay. And yeah. She would have been a. Was she graduated when you got to high school? Or was she, she a was a senior. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Same. But she Same. went to a different school. So I actually, like, oh. yeah, I didn't actually get How to. How did that work out? Um, she ended up at a secondary school okay. just because she's a rebel. Um, and <laughs> she's grown out of that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so I actually feel like I missed out on that. Like, I, I think I envisioned like us getting to drive to school together and like yeah. her taking me to school and me going to school with my sister. And because. Growing up, especially in Brandon, like every single school yeah. was like two grades. So you, I never would be oh. in the same school as her. Maybe when I was like in kindergarten. High school too? Kindergarten. Or I'm sorry. High school was four years. Yeah, so okay. that would have been the only time that I would have got to have that experience. And she wasn't there. So So she was gone before she even hit senior year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And did you go to school right after high school? Did you go to college right after high school? Um. Yes, I did. I went to just OCC, so I moved out of my um, parents' house, like, the day I turned 18. Okay. Is there and, a reason you did that? Was there, a, like, any sort of resentment, or was there a sort of, like, I need to be independent, or um, what do you what do you think drove you to be, like, that is I a hit really that age, so I, I'm going to be out of here? I'm sure at the time I had a really good answer. Um, looking back, I think I just wanted to be independent. Like I, I had, again, I spent most of high school kind of working and yeah. I actually, my boyfriend and I broke up like right when I was graduating. Okay. And so I think I was just like in this and I turned 18 in August. So I think that summer I had spent, I was actually... <laughs> We're like going way back. I was actually the manager of a body jewelry cart in the mall. Oh my God. Yes. So <laughs> that at like 17 and. Um, what was the name of it? Beverly Hills Body Jewelry. Nice. Yes. And. I thought he worked at Yo-Yo Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So. Yeah. So I had worked there for years though. And so I was like the manager of this body jewelry cart. Um, my boss at the time who owned it, she 
was living in the Beacon Hill apartments, but they were like always gone. They had they had carts in like Miami and different places. So I had stayed there almost all summer. And I think that I got that like glimmer of um, being on my own. And uh, so So I want that. (laughs) Yeah, I want that. Um, And yeah, so I moved out right away. And and I do think my I would say that now looking back, I my parents raised us to be very independent. And I think that that's that's good. I think it's good and bad sometimes. But so that was a big reason too. like, I was like, I can do this. I can totally live on my own. When you went to school, would you went to Oakland University? Oh, no. OCC. I went to OCC. (laughs) Um, And we reunited. So where you get an apartment? Yep. You live in are you on your own? You have roommates? No, I have a roommate. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who is a guy? Okay. Mm -hmm. How was that dynamic? It was fine for a while. Then it was not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want me to get into this, but I'm curious now. No, I know. So no, I can, it always, was, I can always edit it out. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Um, he was my best friend, and I think it's just that always that thing where there's a lot of times in like a guy girl dynamic like that. Like there's always going to be somebody who has more feelings than yeah. the other person. Maybe I was be sexual tension, and there right. Was a, yeah. So I was not the person who had more feelings <laughs> and I had multiple boyfriends and different things. And it was actually really funny because, uh, so I was living with him and then I met Andrew, which I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> we started dating and like instantly when we started dating, then my roommate decided that he was going to like confess his love to me at that point. And I'm like, oh goodness, like what do you do when you really don't have those same feelings? Yeah. And so it was tough. Um, and I was young and stupid and really didn't know how to handle like those type of situations. So I just pretty much like moved out. <laughs> I just like moved in with Andrew and was like, forget this. Like looking back, I did not make the best choices. Um, I had to, how to handle that situation because. Was this all within a year or like your first year of your lease? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, didn't make it very. I was probably within like the first gosh, when did Andrew and I start dating? I don't know, maybe like the first six to eight months. And yeah, so now looking back, I don't really talk to, I don't talk to him anymore. I haven't really talked to him much since then. Said so. he was your best friend? Yeah, he was like my best friend at that through time. Through high school or? um, Kind of through high school. And maybe I should have seen this coming because <laughs> I would say we became closer when like my relationship was ending with yeah. my um, boyfriend of forever so yeah anything ever happened with you guys like in a drunken state no anything like that? no Mm-mm. so did you feel like it was like out of left field but, yeah i think there's part of me that always knew it was there yeah. and like now i probably would say that there's like i don't know like maybe at the time i was just like okay with it and well now we have the term the friend zone too so <laughs> right we do have that and he was always in the friend zone yeah. for me um but he's like you know the person yeah totally that was he, he older as well same age okay so same age as me but yeah like the he's totally like the guy that you could like sleep in his bed and not even think twice like about it or like things like that which is so mean now that i like look back like thinking about how he i've been around. on his end of that a lot of times so yeah screw you man no, right just, i know <laughs> no, <laughs> i haven't thought about being, this in a long time why are you part bringing of being this a up? teenager um yeah it really is true. i've had i uh so many confessions <laughs> so many love confessions and uh, you know you get older and uh you realize things like and i've 
gone way too deep into this, but like at that age, you don't know the difference between infatuation mm-hmm. and love and just like maybe sexual arousal. Right. And like there, that's it true. could be any number of things. And to you, that's like, I've never felt this way. So right. this must be like, I'm in love with you. Right. Uh, and then you either hold on to that for probably like a decade or so, or you <laughs> grow and realize that that was uh, probably not what it was. Right. That's so, true. Yeah. Those, I'm, you're, I'm sure, one of many, many, many people that that has happened to. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I've sure. been one of many people on the other end of that. So Sorry about that. <laughs> I wouldn't focus on that too much. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> you don't hate those people? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, fuck them. Fuck those fucking people. No. <laughs> That's fair. I just don't. I mean, I wouldn't carry it. <laughs> right. Well, um, I haven't been until now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're not going to be able to sleep tonight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you had that first year out of high school, you broken up. Yeah. You had a couple, uh, safe to say, rebound boyfriends. Yeah. Were they also older? Uh, <laughs> I would say yes. Yeah, they were all older than me. And then you started dating Andrew. Yeah. Is Andrew older than you? Uh, he is. Not too much, though. Yeah, He's like two years. I was just trying to find a pattern. Yeah, no, definitely. I have always dated older. Um, what do you think that stems from? I think that growing up, I was always told that I was way more mature for my age than like people always were kind of surprised by how old I was. And so I think that it that just stuck with me and I felt like I just needed to date older. Did you feel like you had to kind of step up and be the responsible kid when your sister started going down like a different path? No, I think I was always the responsible kid. Like, I do. Like, even, um, yeah, I just, actually, her going down a difficult path was, like, free reign for me to do whatever I want. Because <laughs> I was like, well, at least I'm not doing what Youngest she's doing. Youngest kid right here. Right? Yep. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so true. Like, uh, my mom actually jokes all the time that... Um, I was the person, like, I was actually the one that they needed to worry about the most because my sister would not communicate anything to uh, my parents. Like, she wouldn't be doing anything wrong, but she wouldn't, like, call them. She wouldn't tell them where she was. She wouldn't do anything like that. Where me, I was, like, the total opposite. Like, I was totally doing something wrong. And I was, I'd be, like, call them, like, drunk and be like, hey, just letting you know that I'm right here. Like, I'm doing this. And they're like, okay, quit calling us and updating us on stuff. But, like, that was, like, my way of, like, feeling, I don't know, giving them, I was, like, giving them too much information. I was over-communicating. And, um... I, th- I think they knew, like, deep down, <laughs> it was probably up to no good. But, again, it was When you whatever. say, just so for my own clarification, when you say you'd call them when you were drunk and be like, this is where I'm at, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Would you tell them you were drinking? No, I okay. wouldn't tell them I was <laughs> just to I, I would just like, be like, I'm Would you call them and be like, hey, I'm drunk, but I'm over at Katie's, <laughs> so it's totally fine. I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, no, and I'm probably, like, they're like the type of parents I probably could have. Um, but you were, were you calling me and like, hey, I'm at, uh, I'm at Julie's and we're just playing checkers yeah everything's normal <laughs> yeah exactly meanwhile you're getting like body shots and, yeah okay i mean it wasn't that crazy <laughs> but but yes that okay. was that was kind of the the dynamic so no i don't but i also hated to get in trouble like oh man if i were to get if you were to like look at me wrong when i was a kid i would start bawling like i was just like i did not like to get in trouble i did not like to you like approval yes <laughs> yeah. i yeah yeah. Which I could probably do some journaling on where the hell that came from, but <laughs> approval for sure. I felt like I needed that. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So you start dating Andrew. Yeah. And it sounds like, and I, I may be just guessing out of left field here, but it sounds like you're kind of like racing to grow up. Yeah, I would say so. Um, because you start dating Andrew, you guys move in immediately because of the of that. situation that you're Jeez. having with your yeah past boyfriend mm-hmm. or not boyfriend roommate. <laughs> Not boyfriend. Right. She she's not gonna date you. <laughs> Stop it. But after that, so you move in with Andrew right right away. How yeah. long are you guys dating before you move in? With oh him? goodness, um, not long. A month. Yeah, sure. Okay. Like we'll throw that out there. <laughs> um, we had a really interesting start to our relationship too. Um, I don't know. He was he was actually dating somebody else for a really long time. Uh, he was like a high school sweetheart, and I actually this is really funny. I'll never forget this. He had some. We were at a party, and I was we were dating at the time, but not like serious. Um, and one of his friends from Kalamazoo, because that's where he's from, okay. came over. He was like partying with us. We were sitting on the steps, and I'll never forget. He looked at me and dead serious was like, "You know, this is never gonna work, right?" And I was like. Yeah, I'm just having fun. Like, it's cool. You know, like, at, at the time, I, like, really did kind of feel like that. What like, a it was douchey fun. thing to say. I know, but I think he really, truly believed it, and he was trying to save me. Like, because Andrew did have a tendency, he would, like, break up with this girl, get back with this girl. And he watched it for years happen over yeah. and over and over. So I choose to look at it like he was maybe trying to, like, be like, you might want to run, because this is never going to work. My buddy's crazy. Right, exactly. I did not listen. But Clearly. going back to your roommate, maybe he was just into you too, and he was trying to get you <laughs> right. off the Andrew train and over. Oh, <laughs> I don't think so, but <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Is that someone you guys still hang out with? Uh, yeah, actually. You, um, you told this story recently. <laughs> I think I did, like a few years back. That's we funny. had uh, it, one of Andrew's like high school buddies got married, and we all ended up in like the same hotel and he stayed in our hotel room um i think i I know where this is going (laughs) (laughs) no it's not that (laughs) there's there's a funny story that goes along with this but it's andrew's story so um but no nothing weird take that take that out uh (laughs) so anyway i think i did bring it back up and he just laughs i don't think he remembers saying it but i remember it pretty vividly so yeah um this was what year you guys started dating um, 2006 or seven. So you're dating for about 2007 Two 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 and a half years before you guys get married. Yeah. Yep. How's that? How's that relationship? How, how's the dating? Any, do you guys hit any roadblocks at any point? Yeah. Like I said, in the beginning, um, we, he did get back together with his girlfriend, <laughs> Uh, for a while and that is a definite roadblock yeah it was a little bit of a roadblock like we had like a um i don't know like a really deep conversation one night and i was like you know what like i think that you're making a mistake because i think that you're just like scared to do something like do something else and you're afraid to get out of your comfort zone and you're like going back to comfort but that's cool whatever um and then i was actually hanging out with my old roommate and um this is after andrew started dating her again so i was like okay that's over and like all of a sudden i'm eating thai food and i get this phone call from andrew actually i think he texted me and he was like i got in a car accident and i'm like cool i mean you're obviously okay but you're like texting me <laughs> right why are you texting me like text your girlfriend and um yeah, I don't know. Like, so yeah, things were a little messy. And then he showed up 
at my apartment one time. I don't know. I think he was drunk and, uh, no, I want to be with you, blah, blah, blah. Why I gave him so many chances. I don't know, <laughs> but like it obviously worked out. So anyways, yeah, I would say that that was the rockiest part. Um, I don't want to brush over that, but I do want to go back to one thing you brushed over in that story. So you went back to hanging out with your old roommate? No, this was before. Okay. This oh, okay. was before he, okay. before he did he all. Confessed. Yeah, I'm not that cool. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I'm not that mean. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. Just checking. Uh, I mean, maybe I would have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I can't say. Who knows what we do at like 18, 19. Right. So you've been with Andrew then your entire adult life, essentially. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, like you said, we're coming up on 10 years of marriage, which means we've been together now for 12 years. So once you guys were moved in together, yeah, no breakups, nothing. No, like things were pretty smooth sailing. Um, we had one more like really difficult time that I think we almost broke up. And Andrew is, I mean, you know, Andrew, Yeah. the most kind like he would do anything for you person like he's just a great person which a lot of times our strengths are like our biggest weaknesses right so his strength is he cares so much about others um but it also becomes a weakness because like he had a friend and you know this friend who had a really bad breakup with a girl um that he had been with for a long time and andrew all he could do was like be this guy's friend like he was like i just need to help him through all of this stuff that he's going through but in the meantime i'm sitting at home let's keep in mind i'm not 21 like i wasn't 21 until like 10 days before we got married um (laughs) and so i'm sitting at home like not being able to participate in any of this stuff andrew's out like getting drunk with this buddy because he feels like that's what he has to do. Like I have to be there for him. Like Stacy will be at home. She's fine. No big deal. Um, which is actually something that we struggled with for a very long time, uh, is his, he, because he, we do this with the people we love anyways, but he's like extra good at it is like just taking him for granted a little bit and being like, I can push Stacy to the back burner because she's still going to be there. But like, I need to be there for this person and I need to. um, So, yeah, I would say, but in that time there was like some, there was some fights. So that was probably like the only other time that we were like, maybe this is not the best option, but yeah. And then you got past that. Moved past that. Got married. Got married. Um, Did you, what happened with school? School was really weird for me. College, like, I didn't go away to college, obviously. Um, And then I went, like, a few semesters at OCC. Oh, I actually went and worked at Best Buy and then left Best Buy and went to work for Quicken Loans when I was, like, 18. When Andrew and I started dating, I was no longer at Best Buy. So we met at Best Buy. I had left, went to Quicken Loans, and then I did come back to Best Buy. Okay. Oh my gosh, what were we even talking about? School. School, yeah. So I quit school at that point because I was like, I have like this big kid job. Like, I don't need to go to school. And um, I went back a couple of times, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I thought I wanted to be an accountant. And I don't know if you can picture me as an accountant, but I think I would like kill myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, am, I am an introvert at heart, but like that's almost too much. Yeah. So well, it's a lot of data and, and uh, I mean, I love that stuff. But right. <laughs> and I, I did too. Like yeah. I liked that part, but I don't think I could deal with the other stuff. So 
Um, so I started going for accounting and then fell off of that. And then when I went to, when we got married, oh, I was going to be a dental hygienist. I started mm. that. That's a completely different field. Right. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like checking people's teeth. This isn't really that exciting. <laughs> what pushed you down that road? How long were you going down that road? And it wasn't very long. Okay. <laughs> um, I like jumped around a lot when it came to school. I don't yeah. think I ever really knew what I wanted I to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. So <laughs> I think that that's like, that's a really tough. Um, and we, we can talk more about that. So I went, so I tried that and then I was like, no, I do want to help people. I think I knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't really want to fix. I was like, I hate going to the dentist. I hate my dental hygienist. Like she might be the nicest person in the world, but I don't like it. So I didn't want to be that person. Yeah. So then Andrew and I were going to get married. Um, and then I decided that I was going to go into nursing. And I think that one, I was attracted to being able to help people, Yeah. but I've never been in a medical situation ever. So like I never worked like people are like, Oh, were you like a CNA beforehand or something? I'm like, no, I had no idea what I was doing Cut myself when I was 10. That's about yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, no, I had no background in that. But I was like, in my mind, I was, um, I think a couple things are happening. One, I had to go to school. I think we had, there's just that pressure on people that like, if they don't have a college degree in something and like they haven't gone to school, that they're not worthy of things. I think that's changing, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah. But I was like, I have to go to school and like do something with my life here. So I think I chose nursing because one, I could help people. I think a lot of that's what I told myself. Two was also because you could kind of do anything with it. Um, a nursing degree is very safe. Yeah. Like if I wanted to sit it's in an office, I could probably sit it. in an office. If I wanted to actually work with patients, I could probably work with patients. I mean, you can really do a lot with that degree. So I think that that was where I was like, okay. Yeah, so it was like a 13-month accelerated program for okay. me to go. What school was that? Uh, it was called Brown Mackey. Okay. So it was a private school. Um, Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Not so expensive, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I went down there and did that. That was an interesting year of our life. It's just funny when you look back on those things because I went through school. That was all fine. Again, I'm like totally in overachiever um i got like a b plus in in like one of my classes in nursing school and i about lost it like it was detrimental to what me. happens what happens in your head when you see a b plus yeah what used to happen is i like went straight to like i suck like this is failure yeah so self-destructive um i i joke all the time now that i used to be the epitome of like a fixed mindset like, I could not take failure. If, if I was going to fail at something, I was going to, um, I would run from it long before, like, long before I had the chance to fail, yeah. which has changed, which is good. Yeah. But it's 13 months, yeah. right? So you completed it. You got your nursing degree? Yeah. So I'm an LPN. So I'm a licensed practical nurse. Nice. Yep. Um, which is like the lowest oh, the P level. P is practical? Yeah. I never know what all the letters stand for. Yeah, I would have guessed practicing, but I guess... It's practical, yeah. yeah. It's like the lowest level of nurse you can be. <laughs> I'm the one that checks you in. Um, I laugh at that. So you come back, you get married then? or you... No, we were married before you that. You were married before that. Yep. So uh, like 
four months. Um, so I want to shift kind of the lens uh, on how we talk about a few things. Yeah. Uh, jumping to like now. Okay. So you've kind of rebranded yourself online. Yeah. Um, what you put out there, your post. I don't know. I, I would go as far as to say, did you go back and delete other stuff? Mm-mm. Okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was looking back. I was like, she's been doing this for so long. And mm-hmm. then I can't. There's no little, like, you won't find on a Stacy profile, like, Hey guys, go to the grocery store. <laughs> you will. No, you totally will. You have will. to go back pretty far if you want to go back really it. far. Um, <laughs> like when I did not use Facebook, because it'd be like Stacy Geisel, or it would say like Stacy yeah, yeah. Wilhelm is. Yeah. And then like you just finished yeah, the sentence. Yeah, that's how it sentence. used to be. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's now it's not like that anymore. so funny. Um, but so so you've kind of created this this persona of, of positivity and vulnerability where you're sharing very personal stories. Yeah. Uh, where did that come from? Like, I mean, as an outsider, when it, when that started, I was like, oh, Stacy's trying to sell us some shit. Right. Um, sure. And the more it goes on, the more uh, it doesn't feel like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it feels like you're sharing an intimate part of your life. Yeah. Um, so with that frame of mind, uh, A, how did, how and why did you get to that point? Yeah. Uh, oh, and then, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear the answer. And then I want to kind of go through like things like your marriage and maybe your job, which yeah. I'm sure has impacted what this is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Through that lens. So yeah, let's yeah, start. Did, um, what started that? So I would say over the last couple of years, um, I've really done decided to like dive into myself and just do a lot of like personal development and all of that um, to make just to make myself a better person. Hmm. And again, I struggled with a lot of things. Like I, like I said, I was like a fixed mindset. I really wasn't open-minded about anything. Like I had my way or that was like, that was it. Um, And I think through a lot of personal development and a lot of, I like to call it my woo woo stuff that like, I've just decided that, um, I have something to offer the world. And I think it's easier for me to actually do go from a job perspective because I quit nursing. I never felt like it was where I should be. Um, and I was reading, I think, I just wrote a post on this and I'm going to post it, but it's about the, your quarter life crisis. Yeah. Okay. That no one talks about. John Mayer talks about it in oh, one song. Does he? he, he oh, now I'm going to have to listen literally to literally one it. lyric. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's like a thing that people just brush over. And I think that it's like the mid twenties, um, mid to late twenties when you've had like a vision for your life and it's not coming. Like it's, you're nowhere near where you thought you would be. 90% of the time it doesn't. <laughs> no. Yeah. And which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you have gone to school, you spend all this money on school and you realize that you really don't like it that much. But then what do you do? Like, you feel obligated to stick with it because, um, but that's like not me. Andrew jokes that he, he's there. I was watching this thing and they said that people are either hummingbirds or they're jackhammers. So like coming from, yeah, they're like the jackhammers are those people who have known what they wanted to do from the time they were super young and they just, they jackhammered their way to it. They never once like. That is the end game. Yeah. Everything is. And everything aligned. And that's like, like I think of this one girl in school, like I knew going in that 
or like you always knew she was going to be like a veterinarian and like that's what she ended up being i said i wanted to do that as well when i was in like third grade um who didn't want to help animals right hello <laughs> but like that too and then the hummingbird is like the person that goes from like this flower to this flower to this flower trying to figure out what they want to what yep. they want to do and i was like telling andrew about this and he's like you are like a jackhammer hummingbird because <laughs> i go from thing to thing to thing but like i go hard at like whatever yeah. that happens to be so with nursing I went hard at it because I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I felt like I had to go back and become an RN because I say it's because, like, they were phasing out LPNs. I don't really think they're going to do that. But um, so I went back to school. I applied to become an RN, and I didn't get in. Devastation. Like, I remember the day I bawled for I don't even know how long. Uh, Again, Failure used to like, yeah. Ooh. And this was a career <clears throat> choice failure. Yeah. So, yeah. and I mean, what's like the worst case? You have to apply next year. But at yeah. the time, it was detrimental. Um, and so I, I, and now looking back, it's like one of the best things that ever happened to me was not going through with that. But I still hadn't learned my lesson at that point because I was like, fine, that's whatever. I'm just going to go get my BSN. <laughs> I'm going to get my bachelor's in nursing, not just my Okay. (laughs) Why not? Because this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go back to school. I'm supposed to continue on. Um, But I knew that I just... And so, anyway, went for that route for a little bit. And then I backed off of that because I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what the hell I want to do. And I don't think that it's continue on with nursing. So... I kept doing, I, would, I was a private duty nurse. I loved my job. I had a very cushy job. Like, uh, no nurses out there can, well, very few, can say that they work. Like, I worked Monday, went Tuesday, Thursday from 6 in the morning till 6 at night. And never weekends, never holidays. Um, I worked with a super great patient and good family. Yeah, I had a very cushy job. Yeah, sounds like for a nurse. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, but still, like, nothing, it just didn't. It wasn't fulfilling to me. Um, and so I worked, the the patient that I worked with was a special needs. And she, I so I went to school. I went to a special needs school and I was there all day long. And one day I was reading this book and you may have read it, but it's called Grit. Oh no, I was no. going to say Doubtful. I Doubtfully not a big reader. Books. Okay. I like audio books, but uh, okay. not a big reader. Well, it's called Grit and it talks about... Um, I was sitting there and I, again, I had, I had read some books and it's like your passion, like you got to find your passion and how to find your passion and all of these things. And I'm like, God, like, what is it? There's got to be something. And yeah. I think that we just assume that it's going to just appear like yeah. your passion. You should just know it. You should know it from the time you're young and, um, and, and then it might just appear in your dreams or somebody's going to like hit you over the head with it or something. I don't know not the way it works but it came to me when i was reading this book and she had said like your passion a lot of times you grow into it like you start doing something and then you realize that like how passionate you are about it and it might transform into something else so yeah it's hopefully (laughs) and so at that point i had the idea for especially for you which i'm not sure if you're familiar with i haven't done much with it in like the last year but it was a special needs community like a fitness community for special needs um people okay so i i went downstairs and this is kind of a funny story um 
I went downstairs, I had my robe on, and I was like, Andrew, I have an idea. And I like adjusted my robe at the time, and he like wakes up and he's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, special needs fitness classes. And Ooh, he's like, that'll take it away, really. Yeah. He's like, okay, not what I was expecting, but all right, let's like roll with whatever this is. Is this a role play? Right, <laughs> right exactly. So that started, I decided that I was going to create this like little community and I was going to reach out to different gyms and try to, I was reaching out to different CrossFit gyms, um, and get this like group of, um, yeah, just like, cause it's so needed in that community. Yeah. Um, they don't do it. Like that was one thing I saw moving from when my patient was in high school until like this after high school program, which they can be in until they're 26. In high school, they're forced to at least go to, like, gym or something yeah. like that. Afterwards, they really aren't. And the teachers do their best. They have, like, a one hour a week that they get to spend in, like, a gym or whatever. But they are so busy and, like, so much other things going on yeah. that they do their best. But that's not enough for anybody. So I was like, how can I fill this gap? I spend less than an hour a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, yeah, no, that's. Yeah. So this is something that, uh, and just so I understand, too, correctly. You're creating a program for physical fitness for people with special needs. Yes. Uh, and I, I mean, when you mentioned it, I don't know where that outlet would be. Right yeah. Uh, so were you struggling to find places that even offered anything like this? Yeah, they don't. There, it isn't offered. And that's which why is you, why I was like, this needs to be. Yeah. Um, so long story short, um, we were doing like monthly free clinics. Like I would, I would team up with different gyms. We'd probably have like 10 to 15 kids come in and, or kids or adults, like yeah. it didn't really matter. Um, I had everybody, like they had one-on-one -on -one volunteers because the other thing was like, I wanted to bridge that gap between um, the general public and the special needs community because growing up, I was terrified of special needs people. I didn't know anything about them. Like, and, Which, was, and that's, that's where the fear comes from. Yeah, and exactly. No, but that is a great thing to bring up because I think a lot of things that we fear, which these days unfortunately turns into like hate and anger, yeah, uh, is just stuff that we don't know about. So we turn that into fear, right? Um, and it's fear through ignorance, yep, which is a huge problem. And uh, that's part of like obviously racism, um, sexism, but yeah, anything where right. it's someone that's not like you, but. I think the special needs thing is a huge, huge one that's not talked about yeah. really at all. Right. Um, and we've all gone through it. I mean, unless you really stepped out of your comfort zone and made an effort through school, you didn't, you, or you don't I didn't have, even know where, like, the special needs classes were. Like, yeah. I had and no idea. So there was always, like, a few people in your school probably growing up, and whether or not you made that effort. Right. That was, yeah, the fear. Yeah. Fear it was through ignorance. For so, sure. Uh, that's I'm glad you brought that up because that's I think that's something that probably needs more addressing than yeah. other situations. But. I would I would agree. Um, so yeah, that was kind of another one of my like big um, pillars when it came to doing that was how do we get the community involved? And so my whole thing was like, if I worked with a gym, I expected them to kind of bring the volunteers and the, every volunteer would be paired up with a, like one special needs child or adult, because 
it didn't really matter what they were doing as long as they were moving. Um, I didn't care if they were following along with the programming that I did. Like as long as they were with somebody doing something. Getting their heart rate up. Getting their heart rate up. <laughs> and it's like most of the time they just want that individual attention. Yeah. And so um, putting that together was amazing. So as I was doing that, I really started to get into, I went through my own nutrition journey I kind of realized that that was something that I think I would be really good at. And in my head, I was like, okay, so I could, if I could become a nutrition coach, then I could actually help like it, like special needs people. Like, cause nutrition is like, so oh, it's like, it impacts so much. So how do you branch from working with the gyms, doing the physical fitness yeah. to the nutrition piece? Let's take it back a notch. So I never focused on my nutrition. I thought that um, I never focused on it. And I just always thought I ate healthy. Like I was like, I eat healthy. It's fine. Um, but Andrew is actually the one who like begged me to start like doing. It was at the time um, RP, like these RP templates. He's like, let's try to like, I was like, I eat fine. Like I don't What does RP need. stand for? Uh, Renaissance periodization. And so, yeah, like a supplement. It's not a supplement. It's like a template of um, you need to eat like five meals a day and they need to be based like this is what they have to have. Oops, sorry. This is what they have to have in them. So I was like, okay, fine. Well, after doing that for like, I think it was like 90 days or something. I had my body composition started to change. Like all these like things started to happen. And I was like, wow. Nutrition obviously has like a much bigger, um, yeah, like it's kind of a big deal. And so then I took it one step further a few months later and I got my own nutrition coach and um, I just learned like so much through that person that I was like, I really think I could do this. Like, and so that's kind of how um, I had my own coach and I just kind of was like, "I, I think I could do this. So um, I decided that again, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a hummingbird. I'm like all over the place. So I was like, Andrew, this is how I sold it to him. I'm like, I think this could be useful for like E4Y and like different things. Like I could learn more about nutrition. So I ended up um, signing up for a mentorship and it was like a six month thing. Where was this at? It was called, it was through Nova three labs. Um, okay. yeah, it's uh, super scientific, right? <laughs> yeah. Really scientific. Um, so yeah, I did that and, uh, that's kind of where it transitioned. And I would say coming back to the original question of rebranding myself, I spent about six months doing that mentorship and then I started with another mentorship and it was a little less nutrition like it was still nutrition based but it went a lot deeper than that and in this time i just realized that um how much i wanted to improve myself and i the how i just was kind of realizing that that's like the only way that you can really get better is to focus on yourself and focus on these different things and um i started writing about it i've always been decent at like putting things on to paper um but I would say my, I would write about like nutrition a lot. Um, and I hated it. Like, but you're told like in this space that you have to put out content or else like people like, that's like the only way to get like things across. And so uh, I was like, I hated doing it. And, um, but I had heard probably in like a book or on a podcast or something, some guy was like, 
the way that you become a master at your craft is to write about it. And I was like, or like the way you can master a topic is to write about it, which is so true. Like when you teach somebody else something or whatever, like you just become um, better. So I started looking at things that way, but through being a coach and a nutrition coach, I realized how little I talk about food and how much I talk about um, other things, mindset and like all of that good stuff. So it, I kind of went, I went that route a little bit. And I would say the first time I shared anything really personal was I was going through a journey of stopping hormonal birth control and like some different things and like why I did that. And, and that was probably my first like really personal post. Um, and the feedback was just like, I just realized how many people feel or go through things and they have no outlet. Like they have no, they think they're alone. And so I guess from that point on, I have really tried to share experiences that I see people struggling with in my own clients. Like I see my own clients struggling with it. I've struggled with it. And like people need to hear it because on social media, it's everyone's like it's we talk about it all the time. Like it's the highlight reel. Like everybody yeah. puts like how amazing everything is and like shit isn't always amazing. So I just want people to like know that. <laughs> we need to find a happy medium at some point. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's, there's a crossover happening now to where it's almost getting to like an oversharing. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, I'm seeing a lot of like, uh, my life is over today. I'm like, I'm like, I can't get out of bed. I'm like, whoa. Right. <laughs> Which that's like, you need to do some deep work on yeah. yourself there. Um, um, ugh. Yeah. But I wanted to touch on a few specific subjects yeah. um, that you've talked about online and um we may have had stuff i might know we have made conversations anyway eh, whatever you're very open about your marriage yeah uh what kind of obstacles and i mean you guys have been together almost 10 years mm-hmm. it's was is it september it's 10 years yeah september 11th i oh, know yeah. great day forgot about that yeah um so you're coming up on your 10 year anniversary yeah what kind of roadblocks have you guys been able to uh, obviously run into and then kind of get past? Yeah. Um, kind of experiences can you share to kind of help other people goodness. that might be struggling with the same situation? Sure. Uh, we got married really young. Um, obviously, I was 21. Andrew was 23. And so, um, especially in like this day and age, like I mean, that was yeah. young. That was super young. Super young. Um, I feel like... I never ever have questioned that decision, like, and which is good. Um, But yeah, every couple kind of goes through difficult times. I would say right after we moved home from Ohio, we bought this great house in Ferndale. Um, We went through a tough situation and it was uh, very similar to what we had gone through beforehand. Andrew was trying to be there for somebody and it just got a little bit out of hand. You got put aside. Yeah. And so that was that was really tough. I would say that was our closest to like, fuck this. Like, this is early on in your in your marriage. This is early so. on, and I think what was so tough about it is that it felt like everything was like perfect. Like we had just bought this house, we had yeah. just done this. Like I just finished nursing school. I have like a real job. You know, like it, it's like those moments where you feel like everything's perfect, and then yeah. like things just all of a sudden are not perfect. Um, and so that was hard. Uh, so. 
how did we get through it? Um, we didn't give up, I think is like the biggest thing. And this is so like, I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person, but I believe that kind of everything happens for a reason. And if you like put it out there in the universe, like it'll help you. Um, so we, I obviously didn't, I was like, I don't know. Like, I remember talking to my parents, like, I don't know if I can go on. Like, this is just like too much and like different things. And you feel just kind of neglected, like early on in your marriage, he's not around. Yeah. Like he's not around. It was also the person that he was, um, there for was a woman. So that played a huge part into it as well, because there's some, um, obviously there's going to be some trust things there and it's like, what do you believe? You know, like, yeah. do you really believe that nothing is going on? Or mm, I just, there was like, and in his mind, like, again, he was trying to be there for somebody, but he also like, didn't want to hurt me. And so like, there's things that he probably should have told me that he didn't that. And a good friend of mine always says anymore is when you, um, with a lack of information, people fill in the gaps. And like, so yeah. if you don't give people like that communication, then they're going to fill it in and we're not going to fill it in with pretty things. Like it's going to be pretty terrible. So you're at the bar for an hour, but you were gone for three. What were you doing those two? Exactly. I mean, you're just going to like, your head is going to be a whirlwind of shit. So, uh, I mean, I did like, I kicked him out for a few days and like we, it was rough. Um, and I, I remember saying like, I love you, but I don't need you. Like, this is where my independence came from. It was just like, you're great to have around, but like, I don't need you here. So like that, you know, I don't know. Um, but I remember kind of asking the universe or whatever, like throwing it out there, just like, I need a sign. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. you know, and, um, and it's funny you brought up Jason Mraz cause I'll never forget this. He was on, I was sitting at home probably the night after I drank like a bottle of wine or something. <laughs> and, um, I was, watching Ellen and Jason Mraz was on and like the song he played was I won't give up and I was like like like, go ahead and go go listen to that song if you haven't and it was just kind of like the it was like that sign for me that like I needed to try you know like I needed to try to make it work and um so yeah we went through that and came out better in the long run I would say since then there's not a ton that we struggle with. Like, I mean, every relationship has yeah. struggles, obviously, but, um, well, rather, what do you guys, what are you guys good at that causes you to not have those struggles? Good question. So I think that, and I did not used to be good at this. Um, we've learned that communication is obviously key. Um, Andrew grew up in a family where they like over communicated, like, they had family meetings all of the time. My family, like if you were pissed off at each other, like you just kind of like, you went to your own separate way and then somebody would crack a joke and it would be over. So we didn't, we didn't get through things very well at first because he would be like, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. We're going to figure this out. And I'm like, get away from me. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to process this This is the period where we're not supposed to be talking. Right. Like just come like crack a joke in a little bit and I'll be fine. Um, so we had to learn how to mesh those two styles. And I think a lot of our marriage got a lot better again when I started really focusing on me and like, what are the things that I can do better and um, I think naturally when you do that, 
it rubs off on the people that you're with as well. And so um, things that we do, we communicate a lot. Um, I always live by make the internal external. So anything that I'm feeling, I Don't put bottle it, it up. No, I do <laughs> not bottle it up. Oh my gosh. It's like the worst thing you can do. And yeah. I actually have a conversation with one of my best friends about this all the time because she's the queen of, I, of like pick your battles, but I think there's like a difference there. Um, she will, she, she'll let something bother her and then she'll be like, well, I just don't really want to deal with it. I don't want to waste the time on like dealing yeah. with it. Right. Just, so that, that's like her thought I don't want to waste the time on this relationship that I'm going to be in for the rest of Right. <laughs> and I'm always like, but okay, you say that, but then the next time you guys get in a fight, you're not only going to be fighting about whatever it is at that moment, it's yeah. going to also be this thing that you never talked about that's going to be brought back up. So it's like one thing after another. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I don't care if it sounds dumb as shit. I'm going to tell you. And like, I do that. I'll yeah. be like, okay, so this is, and I always start it with this. This is me making the internal external. <laughs> I know that this sounds crazy, but, and do your fucking dishes right or whatever it is i always joke one of them is that he can't he used to not be able to stick the um the towel like whether it be in the stove or on the dishwasher he would like he wouldn't put it on nicely he would like shove it wad it up in a ball and shove it in between there and i don't know why but this shit like makes me so mad and we all have our things yeah we all have our things (laughs) so um so that's a big one and then Another thing that we we utilize a lot is um, kind of like a number system, which just seems so silly, but same same situation. So what we have to realize is that we're two separate people. Yeah. We're not the same person, even though we've been together for so long. We have to honor the fact that we're different, that we're different. We think different and all of that. And so with like the towel thing, I told him, I'm like we have like a one to 10 one being like, it doesn't bother me at all. 10 being like, I'm going to fucking murder you. And I, so I told him, I was like, this towel thing is like an eight. Like I want to punch you in the face when I see this like this. And I like, I hate that it bothers me that much, but it does. And he kind of laughs and he's like, it's like a one for me. So it like this system sounds so silly, but it allows you to see things from the other person's perspective. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it to make me mad. He's doing it because yeah. he really doesn't even think twice about it. Um, and so now I can look at a wadded up thing and be like, okay, that's not, it's not, he didn't do it to make me mad. But now, you know how often I find that like that? It's so rare because he knows how mad it makes me. So he avoids doing it now because he's and like. And I also bet the, the turnaround of that is when you see it, how it's supposed to be you probably oh. think oh he did this yes like i'm like, so he put the yeah. towel in right for me yeah. he's such a prince. well and that's that, <laughs> it sounds funny but that goes back to like uh um what is it, the five love languages yeah so little stuff like that like erica's is acts of service and yeah so like i know that and so there's certain things that i've changed in my behavior because even though i don't think about them i know she does right and that's i mean that's how, how relationships work right like you have to yeah. it can't always be your way yeah uh same one but actually in the opposite way i used to like accidentally park my vehicle in the middle of the park uh, like the middle of the driveway <laughs> and but i would like plan on going somewhere else and maybe yeah. i just didn't end up doing maybe that i started drinking wine and i didn't, yeah. leave it <laughs> and I didn't do that <laughs> but he was like he would come home and he was like 
you parking in the middle of the driveway, it's like a nine. Like I am so angry when I walk in the door because like your car's in the way. Like you, yeah. you get to park in the garage. Why wouldn't you do that? Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's funny. That's like a two. Like, I don't know. I didn't yeah. even think about it. I wasn't trying to make you mad. But the last thing I want is for Andrew to come home from work. And like, he'd be the first thing he is before is he's angry. Through the door. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's mad at me before he even walks in the door. And yeah. I don't even know why. Like, I'm like, what, what? Um, don't hate me. So, yeah. So I think it's just like, it's just kind of a cool way to, to, um, talk about certain things. It's yeah. like, putting I, I that, think that's a great method of, <laughs> of that, doing it. And it's, it's, it helps add that perspective because if something really doesn't matter to you, you don't notice it. Right. Like that other person does. Like you're not ever going to know. Exactly. Unless, or you'll be like arguing about the dishes, but you're actually arguing about nine. Yes. Other like it's things. never what you actually think it <laughs> yeah. is. Um, I think the, the big thing that I have done again, I used to like, I could do no wrong. Like it was my, it was, I'll admit it. That's who I was. And through a lot of like personal growth and reading and just different things, I've realized that like, uh, everything's my fault in some way or another. <laughs> and so like, I have to take, I have to be we have willing to take responsibility for some stuff. Yes. Uh, especially your, your stuff. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. so that's a big one too, is it's like, okay, how can I take responsibility for this? Um, we talk about a lot of things. We try not to leave anything, anything go like we don't let anything go unsaid, but, and in a way that's like, I think it's important that you don't like bombard your partner as well with yeah. like all of your shit yeah. and all at once. And, um, something that I like to do is I ask Andrew, like, are you open to some feedback right now yeah. or like whatever it is because he'll ask me that and i'm like fuck no like don't you dare <laughs> criticize me right now like i'm pissed off about yeah. something and so it's just i think it's nice to do that um for your partner to be like are you open to this because sometimes we're not and sometimes yeah. sometimes we are and so yeah those are little things but i know he would say we laugh a lot um we try to laugh off just about anything uh we look at life we really try to be grateful um we end our day a lot of times i hate when we get off track because when we do this it's so great but like at the end of the night like we ask each other like three things we were grateful for that day yeah. and it's sometimes like the things you think of are so silly but it just is a really good way to do it and keeps you grounded too for sure yeah. um because it's easy to get caught up in you know all the shit that's going wrong but there's so much going right and um, I'd say the other big thing is that we are very supportive. I think as a couple, you have to have individual goals and then you also have to have goals together. Yeah, And Absolutely. I think that's a huge one is that we support each other in our individual goals, but then we also have these goals together. And like I said, it's about realizing that you're a separate person. And I grew up, I don't know, my parents did everything together. And I think that, so that's how I viewed relationships is yeah. that everything needed to be together. Like if he wasn't with me, then it was like some sort of, um, like, a, like he didn't love me. He didn't, yeah. if he didn't want to spend time with me, he didn't love me. Not that like, maybe he just wants to spend time with his friends. Like not that big of a deal, but I never felt that. Like I was like, well, I just want to be with you all the time. Yeah. And I would say over the last like two years, I realized that that's, 
not fair to him, but it's also not fair to me. Like I have to have my own friends. I have to have my own things and my own hobbies because, um, I mean, I have to be able to grow and have like my own stuff. So I think that was a, that was a big turning point for us as well. Are you uh, familiar with the author Esther Perel? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of things you're saying, there's one thing that she says that uh, I love and I think is so true and is so overlooked. Um, Marriage used to be essentially like a land commitment between two families. Yeah. And procreation was about it. That's it. And now modern marriage is like, that has to be your best friend. That has to be your your sexual partner. That has to be uh, everything you need out of life has to come from that one person. Yes. And that expectation is... So unrealistic. So unrealistic. Because no one person can give you all those things. Right. Uh, you need to like branch out and find some of that from other people. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're, yeah, what you're saying is, and being open to that and finding out that for yourself is huge. It is. And you can't be happy in a relationship if you're not like really, I, if you don't have an identity. Right. <laughs> and I don't think I did. I honestly yeah. think it's been like the last. I would. I would argue that maybe the last year I've actually like come into myself I think that's like the power of turning 30 maybe um (laughs) it's like I don't give a shit about anything else and I've like become my own person but it took me I mean nine years of marriage to come to that conclusion that um like you know him he just went on a golf trip and it was like before I would have been like so even a year ago when he went on this golf trip I would have been like pissed like i'm just like great it's like super nice outside you're leaving what am i gonna do like netflix drink wine (laughs) right like and now i'm like bye honey like i am gonna actually go spend time with like this girlfriend with this person like i'm going to i love to be by myself and so like that is totally cool with me too i'll sit there and read don't have to wake up to get the whole bed to myself like all of these things that not that not because i love him any less it's just you have to have that time apart um so yeah awesome um the last thing that i wanted to bring up through this through this lens of positivity and something you've talked about uh, a number of times and i'm gonna i'm gonna roll these two things into one okay um which is body image and self-care. Yeah. We talked a lot about self-care already, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, and something that you've focused on that's brought you to where you're at right now. Yeah. Uh, so body image, though, obviously a struggle Ugh. for more people than than I think is reported. Um, I think everyone. Yeah. And, and obviously there's different severities of that, but, mm-hmm. I mean, guys, as a, as a guy, I can constantly see stuff that i'm like oh god i don't measure up to this at all right (laughs) uh and the recent post you did where you gave away six pairs of shorts yeah um, i've actually shared that with a couple people who are dealing with um certain issues yeah and so yeah if you could speak kind of to some of that and and how you got to that point because that's such a positive outlook to have and it's i think it's vitally important yeah thank you um I will touch on that. It This has been a tough journey for me um, because I told you a while back when we were talking that <laughs> I have gone through the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to focusing only on your nutrition. And um, the ugly came from, I did, I had a coach um, and I started losing weight. And at, there was a time that I was 122 pounds. Like, 
you look at me, like, with the muscle that I have and how tall I am, I should not be 122 pounds. Um, and, but seeing that scale go down and go down and go down, like, it was just, like, such a good feeling. But like, then I was we're like, taught that that's, like, a reward. Yes, like, that's supposed <laughs> to be, like, this great thing. Yeah. Um, but I started ignoring, like, the signs of being healthy. Um, like, I was cold all the time. And in, like, really happy times in my life, um, I wasn't that happy and I was hungry and I wasn't sleeping all that great. And like all of these things that we overlook as far as like our health goes, but it's so easy to put our, like, just this is why we hire people um, to, so that they can see it. And it was at that point that I decided to hire a different coach. And I was like, listen, I like, I know something is wrong. Um, Or when your husband starts telling you that like, maybe you should gain a little bit more weight. And like, how do you say that as a husband? Because (laughs) like, that's dangerous territory, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Commenting on weight at any point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I saw that and it was it was ugly. Like, and um, so I had to move through that myself. And I ended up, that was like the same time that I came off of birth control. My period didn't come back, like different things. And like, it just made me realize that uh, so many women don't realize that their period is like their fifth vital sign. Like if you're not having one, um, there's a problem. Yeah. Like there's, it's your body telling you something that you're not healthy enough to reproduce. So, so you were all around feeling unhealthy. Yeah. Just all, time. I mean like, but I looked great <laughs> in my eyes. Like yeah. I had a six pack, um, and all of that, like who doesn't want that? Yeah. And that's why something I tell people all the time is like these fitness people on TV and like these different things on Instagram, like just because they look like the epitome of health does not make them healthy. Did you feel like you were rationalizing a lot of things because like you looked good so you could, oh, like it doesn't matter that this is happening to my body or or because I look how I want and you were just able to kind of rationalize that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Did you get, would you border and say that you got like addicted to working out and, and exercise or was it just that I wouldn't say that I was actually addicted to working out and exercise. It was more of like a neurosis when it came to like tracking and measuring food and stuff like that. Like, and being able to, it was more obsessive, I would say. Um, I would say that it wasn't that big of a deal, but, and it's hard because what I do now, a lot of times people do need to like track and measure their food and different things because there's such a lack of awareness around like how much we're eating and how much you're supposed to be eating. And especially in this country. Yeah. yeah, And so it's hard because obviously I, I coach people and I help people do that. But this is like the moment when I became not just a nutrition coach and I really became, um, I, I consider myself more of a health coach because there's more to your health. And those are the things that I was talking about. Like, how are you sleeping? Like, how are yeah. your, you know, like all of these other things that come along with it. So I was just kind of in a bad place as far as that went. Um, and then I started to gain weight. I think part of it was that I, like the season of life had changed. Like I was, I used to be a nurse that was up on her feet, 12 hours a day, yeah. three days a week. On top of that, I was doing like all of these other things on my days off. I, I like moved a lot more and all of that. And and then I had to realize that doing what I do now, like I sit a lot and like all of those stuff and how do I still get movement in and blah, blah, blah. So I started gaining weight, but then I also knew that I was in like an unhealthy place. So last July, I took a month away from the scale. Like I was like, I'm just going to not step on the scale for a month. I'm going to see what happens. Like I upped some of my food and I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. And I ended up like five pounds heavier 
at the end of the month and still felt like really, I still felt great. And so I was like, but I was terrified to step back yeah. on that scale because I was like, this is not going to be good. And yeah. it was, um, so that was a little bit scary. Um, and then I would say that from there, um, I've probably gained another 10 pounds. And again, like I've just been really focusing on my health and like, how do I feel on a daily basis? And I feel so much better, but it's still tough to like, I, I now look in the mirror and like, I don't have a visible six pack. And I was just telling people the other day, like, um, I think that my body and this might happen to a lot of people is something that kind of defined me a lot growing up. Like I was always the girl with like the flat stomach, like, and all of that, I was always super athletic. And so I had a hard time like letting go of that. And, um, I, you know, like I'll admit this, that I am, was totally the person that would like walk by the mirror and like do like an ab check. Like I would like, and like, why, like, what the hell is that? Like, where does that behavior come from? Where does the phrase ab check come from? Yeah. Well, it's a thing. (laughs) Um, I know. So like, it's, it's sad to even like think about, but like, I think that was part of like my identity was, like being fit and then and then I think there's another piece of it that comes in from that's what I do like I help people get to their goals when it comes to their nutrition and a lot of people want to change body composition so like I can't be out there being like a giant person like it's not super great to go to a gym and get your personal trainer and they're overweight like yeah. Okay. This doesn't feel very good. For those listening, I no definition whatsoever would classify Stacy as overweight. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But that's what I'm saying is that like it's. But you start to get this like feeling of like you have to be perfect. Yeah. And um, I just realize that I don't have to be perfect because nobody's perfect, and I don't want other people to feel like they have to yeah. be there. These are the things I tell my clients all the time. Like. You know, if there's somebody on Instagram that's making you feel bad about yourself, like, please unfollow them. Um, There's different transformation web, like, like Instagram pages. I'm like, please unfollow that because that is, again, it's the highlight reel. Most people don't react that way to changing their nutrition, to changing their diet and changing all of those things. So everybody's got different body types and like, yeah, yeah. And I think it's. So my whole point behind that whole post was that like we, we do have to in, you know, embrace where we are right now. Um, and knowing that there's like seasons of life for different things. And, um, I had a hard time giving away those shorts because like I said, last year they fit, they fit awesome. I loved them, but I had to come to the realization that I should never, ever be that size again. Um, it was super unhealthy for me. And so that was kind of like a letting go moment for me. Like I'm not striving to be there. Um, that doesn't mean that if you want to change something about yourself that you can't do that. I think there's, there's a difference between like this whole love your body movement type of thing. And like you, it's, it's okay for you to want to change things like, and it's just that you can't make that who, like what defines you as a person either. And the changes Um, have to be healthy. Yes. Oh my gosh. And if you are 120 pounds, maybe a hundred pounds is not a healthy option. No, gosh, no. And there is no quick fix as well. Um, 
the scale only tells half the story. Like I was just looking at a client check-in today and this person has lost maybe two pounds and you would think that she weighs 20 pounds less because of how much her body composition has changed. Yeah. So like the scale is just like one tiny little piece of, um, of that stuff. But yeah, I think we have to put our health first and that's really the approach that I try to take with people because in our society now we think, Hey, we ha I have to lose weight to get healthy. Yeah. But in reality, we need to get healthy to lose weight. Yeah. Like your body <laughs> is not going to give up the the extra fat and like all of these things unless you focus on your health first. Yeah. And if you don't focus, because that's all we have. Yeah. Like, cool, weigh 120 pounds. Big and, bag of bones and meat. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you have to watch out for your health and um, or, I mean, I don't know. It's just so the the weight shouldn't matter all that much um but but i know it does and I what, what's your opinion on bmi yeah bmi is I pretty stupid um <laughs> i think sure. i'm like technically overweight with bmi it's ridiculous it's so silly i'm morbidly obese <laughs> according to my bmi i'm i like yeah no that's a bunch of bullshit but so are like like the people are out there getting like body scans and like all of this stuff and like really obsessing over like I want to be one percent less body fat and like yeah. it's just that's the culture I know and, and it's, it's it's very unhealthy it's so sad um, I I joke that I'll never run out like I will never uh, my job security is a hundred percent there because <laughs> the the bullshit that we're being fed on a daily basis and how confusing all of this stuff is is just like. Do you want to give out your social media if people want to follow your positive message messages? I yeah, can't talk. sure. Um, I can do that. So it, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, on Instagram. It's Stacy underscore Geisel. And then I'm just Stacy Geisel on Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. I don't think I could fit everything I wanted to say in those small. And all your Facebook posts are public anyway, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, I highly recommend checking them out there. It's, it's very, it's inspiring. And, and I love seeing people own their vulnerability because as I'm sure you've found through these last couple of years, that vulnerability turns into a strength instead of a weakness, yeah. the more you uh, share it. So Yeah. And I think that, again, I think you're right. There is like a, there's a point of oversharing sometimes <laughs> and I really try not to do that. I just, when there's things that are on my heart um, that I really feel like people are going to resonate with, I try to put it out there. I also try to put out stuff about nutrition and all yeah. of that stuff as well. But um, I people really seem to resonate with the with the life the life shit <laughs> that we're going through good old life shit yeah <laughs> well thank you for sharing it with me yes of course <laughs> and everybody else listening which no hopefully problem. is a billion people no you never know can't say that you know what gotta remain positive one of my favorite sayings is there's it. nothing about a caterpillar that makes you believe it will become a butterfly well that's awfully positive <laughs> <laughs> well, how could I end it on anything but that? Like you talked about how positive I am. <laughs> All right, turn your caterpillars into butterflies, folks. That'll do it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Stacy Geisel. Uh, you can check her out. I, I messed it up in the beginning, but you can check her out at sgncoaching.com. Um, especially for you is the um, company that meets special needs with 
some fitness goals uh, of all ages. Super great organization. And you can follow her on Facebook. See some of the inspirational posts we were talking about because there's a lot on there. Uh, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. And obviously, you can find everything else on Instagram and stuff. Speaking of Instagram, you can follow us on Instagram now as well, Friend Request Pod. And uh, shoot me an email if you guys have any questions or feedback or comments. I'm happy to hear it. JustinLambMusic at gmail.com. And keep listening. Please tell your friends about it if you like it. I'm really, really happy with what I'm doing. And I am so glad I get to share it with everybody. So... Thank you so much to everybody that's reached out. So many people have reached out. Um, I love it. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast next week. Another episode. I have so many of these interviews recorded already. It's almost overwhelming. (laughs) So let's, let's keep it going. And if you're a Facebook friend and you have a story to tell, reach out. I'm happy to sit down with you. I'm more than happy. I need to sit down with you in order to do this podcast. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon.